I sat him in my personal league and played Patrick Mahomes instead, and that cost me the playoffs. And I'm not going to make that mistake again. Give me Baker Mayfield in Lambeau in the cold. Baker going hot. Four touchdowns this week. I'm calling it. Four? How many career games throwing four touchdowns does Baker have? He's about to have one. Pirates we are born, pirates we still be. We live on our ship, out on the sea. We rape and plunder every warner gets in our way. That's what happens in an every pirate day. Buck Bros, welcome back to the podcast. I am back at host this week, Buck Bro Ryan here. And what a great week to talk about football. We finally achieved something we've been hoping for all Todd Bulls era, a win streak with our victory against the Packers. Let me welcome back my fellow Buck Bros, Zach, John, and Bryce. Guys, a great win, huge stakes, as we'll get into later with NFC South and also just wildcard positioning. But overall, just a great team win and probably what was our best effort of the season. How are you guys feeling after that? Awesome win in Lambeau. Hey, broadcasters. Um, I'm feeling amazing, Ryan. Uh, I mean, this was quite, this had to be the best performance the Bucks have had all season. No doubt about it. Baker looked amazing. And I know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out and just say, I know I've been giving him some grief on this show, saying that he is not really a, a game changer, or, you know, the franchise quarterback that, you know, we're looking for. But boy, did he, I know it's just one game, but it, that was just a great performance. I mean, the only visiting quarterback to ever have a perfect passer rating in Lambeau Field, uh, 381 yards, four tutties, four, <laughs> as John predicted on the episode last week. That That's just amazing. So, I'm feeling great. What a great win. Three in a row. Um, Todd Bowles, well done, sir. I tip my cap, I tip my cap to you. Um, I can hope I just hope we can keep this rolling. I just want to say that it looked good to beat a playoff team. Like had the season ended yesterday, that the Packers would have would have been in the in the playoffs. And so we finally put it on a playoff team. We went into their house, we beat them. On the road, we looked good on both sides of the ball for the majority of the game. It was it was great. It was everything we we said we needed. We we made as few mistakes as as possible, and we we played good football for four straight quarters. And I know we've been saying that if we win a game, it'll only be one, or if we make it to the playoffs, there's a chance we get blown out. That team that played on Sunday, that Buccaneers team is pretty close to to being a deep run team. Are you sure that defense up just a little bit more and they look really, really good. Any team can be beaten in the NFL as the Cowboys learned uh, against the Bills this weekend. Um, we we looked good and it, it felt really, really good. Yeah, that obviously that's an explosion on offense and that was fun to watch. And Baker played out of his mind. Uh, definitely the best game as a buck. And I'm sure it ranks as if, you know, if not his best, one of his best in his career. The offense was crazy. I mean, 450 yards of offense is, is nuts um, for this team this season. And Godwin got involved, which was awesome to see. 
Rashad White continues to be dominant uh, in, in, in both elements, uh, you know, as a runner and a, as a receiver. He's really, I mean, it's weeks in a row now of him having like a big impact in both phases of the offense. So loved what I saw from the offense. Defensively, I mean, they obviously were hurt at running back and they were not really able to set up too much of a ground game and they were having to chase it. So um, given that you know the team's going to be pushing it and, you know, stressing your uh, secondary, uh, you know, 20 points isn't great, but when your offense is putting up 34, it's really hard to be too upset knowing the other team is going to push the ball. So I really don't have many complaints about the game. Um it's three in a row. It's a huge win for the playoff perspective. Uh, and John was right. <clears throat> There's no other way to say it. Uh, that was a hell of a shot. And if there was a way to bet on Baker to throw four touchdowns and 380 plus yards, we'd all be a little bit richer, I'm sure, if we follow John. All of the takes. He was right. And uh, yeah, there are not not too many notes. Um, I thought Baker had a good game. I know early on with his turnover, we were unhappy, but after that, it was groove. And I and I know challenging, not challenging, but I know from saying that Canales and offense needed to produce a little bit more and stay on the field a little bit more. Uh, I felt like they did an excellent job of that. A couple of seventy-five yard touchdown drives. And not only that, but getting everybody involved. I think four different players had touchdowns uh, for the offense. So just a great day for the offense. And the defense did exactly what it needed to do. You know, a little bit of bend and don't break, but they came up with big stops. Uh, they came up with a turnover. So you, you're you hoping that uh, the Bucks are kind of hitting their stride uh, and building that confidence going into the last three games of the season. Um with our wrapping up of the Packers game, I'd like to get now to buy the numbers. I got a few numbers for you guys that stemmed from this Packers game. So the first one, and I think we've already touched on it a little bit, but the first number is one. One perfect passer rating for an away quarterback at Lambeau. You got it. Yes. Hey. hey. There has been one solitary effort that produced a perfect passer rating for a visiting quarterback in Lambeau. And that is from yours truly, Mr. Baker Mayfield. He's baking it to the limit, as John likes to say. Great game for Baker, as we all said, 158.3. Hell of a rating and something he can hang his hat on for this season. All right, so the next number I've got for you guys is 105. Chris Godwin yards? No, he actually had more. We'll get into that later when we talk fantasy scores. 105 rushing yards? No, not 105 rushing yards. It is a season-long stat for an individual player. Tackles by Levante David? That is exactly right. It is tackles by Levante David. Let's go. This puts him, with his nine-tackle effort, uh, for the 10th consecutive season over 100 tackles um so major consistency from two major players but i wanted to highlight a little levante david show a little love 105 tackles on the season his 10th consecutive with 100 plus the final number that i had was 10 10 different players touch the ball 
Nope. Uh, it's a great, that would be a great step, but it's a little easier than that. <laughs> John, you said his name earlier. Oh, Chris Godwin catches. Yes. Yes, he did have 10 catches. Yeah, yeah. 10 catches for Mr. Godwin. So showing a little love. He had 20 over the last three games. So that, that's that's pretty good. They are showing a little love to uh, CG3, <laughs> as we like to say here. I feel like uh, we CP3, which is a completely different sport, but or, or Chauncey Gardner. Like, that was what I first thought. I was like, Chauncey Gardner Johnson? He's a third, right? Yeah, he is. I, I think I got confused with that running back we used to have, and then obviously Carl David. And then, uh, so just I got I got confused. I'm are not. Three, are there three players that added up to CG three? <laughs> I am not a. Not it's an amalgamation. Smart, I'm not a smart man. Uh, <laughs> but I know what love. Is. But I know what football <laughs> is. CG three is Carlton, so that would have worked. Yeah, that's yeah, what. We had, yeah, we had that third down running back a couple seasons ago. Charles Sims. Yeah, and then he changed his name to Charles Sims the third. Remember when they were allowed to add thirds? How's that G? Where's the G coming to play? Godwin. That's Godwin. I said I was confused. I know Chris Godwin's damn initials. I was just wrong about everything else. You don't know his goddamn number, apparently. He changed it. He only caught the ball 10 times. You couldn't glance and be like, oh, hey, 14. That's the guy's number. No. Well, let's, let's move on to something that's a little less confusing which is our NFC South tracker. I want to thank you guys for playing by the numbers, by the way. For the NFC South, there were three total games. We had the Saints. Uh, they ended up winning their game. So they moved to 7-7. Seven and seven. They're tied with your Bucks, who, again, Ooh. beat the Packers. Uh, the Buccaneers hold the tiebreaker, of course, beating the Saints earlier in the season. But the main and key thing to highlight this week were was that the Panthers actually beat the Falcons. So the Panthers earned their second win. The Falcons dropped to six and eight. Arthur Smith, what are you doing? Um, but it helps the Bucks. So the Bucks earn a much stronger hold on the NFC South lead and also beating the Packers, who were currently in the seventh seed before the game. Improve their wildcard position. So a great week for Bucks fans around the world. We are gearing up for what seems to be a likely postseason berth. We control our own destiny, if I'm not mistaken. If we win out, we cannot lose control of the fourth seat. Well, yeah, we win out. We win the division. Let's go. That should guarantee the fourth seed. Yeah, honestly, looking at it, that week 16 is such a big game. Oh, that's it's going to be the biggest game of the season. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's all shaping up to Week 16 being kind of our regular season climax. Yeah, so. I wish Tommy Cannoli could have helped us there a little bit this week. But, hey, the Saints go to the Rams Thursday night. So, by the time this podcast airs, we'll know if the Saints uh, are a half a game behind or a half a game ahead. Mm. The bright side for the Falcons is no one was in Charlotte to watch them lose. I don't know if you saw the stadium. It's it probably a good thing empty. you see the game. It was like a torrential downpour. That storm that hit us here in Florida, like, moved up to Carolina. And so it was yeah. just the nastiest game. And you could have gone to that game for 45 cents. I mean, the value <laughs> so is that there. I can't even <laughs> fill the stadium that, that for is 50 just, cents. 
It's just crazy. Imagine that poor season ticket holder who's like, ah, I gotta get something. I gotta get a few dollars. <laughs> well, that might have been a bad investment on the part of those season ticket holders. And let's go to our next topic, which might have been a bad investment for the Bucks. A fifth round overall or fifth round, a fifth overall pick. Devin White has been benched for these three games that we've won, that we've streaked together. And now there's coming talks out of the uh, Buccaneers camp that uh, he's a bit of a locker room cancer and that nobody likes him. So I wanted to get your guys' take on, you know, Devin White, very high pick, very talented, isn't seeing the field, and maybe we're benefiting from it. How do you guys think Devin fits into the Bucks' future? Bye. Bye-bye, Bubba. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Uh, that we we have no need for Devin White. We have no need for Devin White. We have, if he can be outplayed by guys like KJ Britt, then we have no need for Devin White. And if he's going to be a problem, then he really needs to go because this team doesn't have – we haven't cobbled it together. We're not a perennial playoff machine. We're, that's not what we are right now. We're trying to do our best. And we can't have anybody being the anchor on the ship holding us back. So if Devin White, if he doesn't want to play and he wanted to hold out of camp and he wanted to do all this shit and then look bad even when he's on the field, bye. Let him go. See you. Yeah, I mean, I just want to clarify he has been – so the last three weeks he missed the first two because he was injured. But this week he fully participated in practice. And then before the game he was told by Todd Bowles, hey, you're not going to start – KJ Britt's going to start. You'll be rotating in and out with him. And Devin White uh, couldn't handle that and decided his foot hurt too bad and didn't want to play. But uh, I I agree, John, that um, to a sense, like if the Devin White we currently have on the roster, we don't need. A guy who thinks he's too good, um, wants to be paid like one of the top linebackers in the league, but constantly misses assignments or is out of alignment, Um and gets pushed off blocks or can't get off blocks too, you know, way too often. Um, seems to be kind of he's just he's like a malignant person right now. Like there's nothing positive that is coming from him currently with his team. What we could use is a Devin White from 2020 and 2021 who dominated in the playoffs and was just a game changer on defense at the middle linebacker position. But that guy is just gone. He's I don't know what happened to him, but apparently you know the success got to his head and he is what he is and it's a shame because it's a contract year for him you know you want to be playing kind of like Antoine Winfield is and just balling out and you know same with Mike too right like those two guys are in contract years and they're well positioned to have you know or exceed what they were wanting from the Bucks in the first place and then you have the complete opposite right so we're not going to have a problem when it comes contract time because <laughs> The money that Devin White wanted, no, we can use that on somebody else because you're not worth a penny now. Um, so, yeah, sad to see from the, you know, to your point, Ryan, fifth overall pick in 2019, but that's where we're at. He was bailed out by playing on an amazing defense. The front defensive line that he played right behind in that 2020 season was incredible. Okay, you can't tell me he didn't, you know, change the games in the 2020 playoffs. He's the reason we clinched, like, the Saints game, you know, with the, you know, game-sealing interception, basically, to win that game. Um, 
He had how, how much of that is on with, the defensive you know, line. I'm not saying they didn't play great either, but you can't just say he wasn't good in the, those playoffs or that he was bailed out. He was definitely a game changer in those playoffs and in sometimes 2021, but in 2022 and of course this year, he is not nearly that player. And I and I think I said it earlier in the season when we were we were starting to wonder whether he was a waste of a roster spot was nothing makes like if he was just garbage all the time, I wouldn't be so mad at him. It's the fact that you know he's dogging, you know he's dogging it, you know he's not trying, you know he's not giving it his all, and he's doing that on purpose. You know, when a guy like Warren Sapp calls you out, I, I'm like, I have to believe Warren Sapp. Like, I have to believe it. And so I, he needs to go, man. I, I don't, and apparently we did try to trade him at the deadline, and we couldn't even get so much as a seventh round pick for him. So, no, he's just, he's a waste of a roster spot. Yeah, I think, I mean, to, Bryce's point, it's it's a contract year, so you know there's not a concern about necessarily tying up money in, in a player or, or having you know dead money that is going to continue to hurt you. Uh, it's unfortunate, like you said, that it's a contract year. You know, for Devin, it's unfortunate. I think the only part of it that's unfortunate for us is if we do not move forward with him. Uh, this is assuming his expectations are still outside of kind of what he's showing on the field uh, as far as value goes. It's unfortunate that we weren't able to, uh, you know, <clears throat> maximize his value and move him somewhere uh, to get anything. And so if that's <clears throat> because there just weren't buyers, that's tough um, for us. But, you know, there's a chance you can, you know, kind of let him let him walk and see what it looks like on the other side. And if the grass isn't as green, you know, maybe he'll want to come back. I don't know. Obviously, there's been something that's changed with him from a, a personality or attitude perspective because it's, this was not an issue when we were winning. Uh, you know, him, he was a bright spot on the team on and off the field. He was featured in NFL media. He was someone that the team, I think, was happy to put in front of the camera. And so if these reports are true, that he's really bringing down the morale of the team, and and effectively, you know, quitting on a week uh, because he's not getting his way. That, it's unfortunate. And I hope uh, whatever is going on with him between the years gets settled because I think it's impacting his performance on the field. And we see what he can be. We've seen it. He was a monster as the whole unit was good, to John's point. But he was a standout on that unit in that playoff run. And in the, the years bracketing that, it's just of late, it's not it's not working. He does seem he's lost a step. And I, I have to think it's mental because he's in his prime physically. So what's happening on the field is perplexing and disappointing. You've, but hopefully uh, between now and, you know, the time to make a decision, there's something that can be worked out that's beneficial for both teams and he can improve. But we are not on the hook if we don't want to be, which is nice. Yeah, he said he was hurting himself in terms of career but yeah he's fumbling his bag too right in his contract year he's now sitting out getting benched so he's not producing any film that can go market himself to other teams so i mean you talk about a fifth round pick now or i keep saying fifth round you talk about a fifth overall pick now falling to being traded for a seventh rounder it sucks for the bucks it sucks for Devin. it just sucks all around because the potential's there and i think you know, he's he's 
kind of becoming that player who's living off of previous success and isn't willing to put in the effort to realize that that success isn't always guaranteed in the NFL. So it's, it's hard to, it's hard to see. And I think, I think his time with the Bucks should be done because it doesn't feel like the locker room. If we're trying to keep players like Mike and Levante and Winfield, I don't think that. Yeah. I think that bridge is burned. Yeah. I think those. There's no benefit to either Devin or the Buccaneers to retain him after this season. You know, he needs to find somewhere else where hopefully he can, you know, resurrect his career. If he does great, it'll suck for us, but. Um, he needs to find somewhere else to continue his career. And it's unfortunate for him that the opportunities he would have had, had he chosen not to come back, um, aren't going to be there. He's going to have to go, you know, on some short term, you know, probably a reserve deal. Like where you're, where you're at now is probably the deal you're going to get unless you, you know, suck it up and come back and play and, who knows? Injuries happen, right? KJ Britt might get injured, and hey, you're back to your starting position. Time to show out, man. Um, but his attitude is that of I don't need to put in the work. I'm better than all these players, and you know my skill alone will show that. And you know it's the NFL. You know they'll they'll figure at figure you out. And if you're not constantly improving and working on it, um, the game will catch up to you. You know I I just think for this, you know putting on your team like that that refers back to that Warren Sapp video the first, you know, last year where, you know, he said something along the lines of, you know, if I was your teammate, I'd ask for the C off your chest. Well, I think it's time for that C to come off his chest at this point. Yeah. Once Warren's calling you out, I, I think that he was done one at that point, a legend, the Bucks legend calls you out for not hustling, not giving effort. Uh, you're doing something wrong. That's what we may call, what the buck moment and with that let's move into what the buck one of our favorite segments i'm going to start off with let's see who do we get let's start off with zach here you've got some uniform issues you'd like to air out from this week yeah i mean i'll just start by saying one of the things i i really hate in the nfl is when a team changes cities and takes things with them from that city it's not yours anymore. To me, it's with the city. It's not the billionaire doesn't own that. You can't take that from the fans. And so when Houston lost their team to Tennessee, they changed the name. I appreciate that because you shouldn't get to use the name. But they retained the IP of the Houston Oilers, most notably those beautiful powder blue Oiler uniforms. And they decided to wear them this weekend while playing a team that currently plays in Houston the de facto replacement for the Houston Oilers. Super disrespectful. I don't know if that was intentional. I, I mean, they're a divisional opponent, so maybe it's, haha, we have your jersey, uh, and CJ Stroud's hurt, and you don't have Tank Dell. They got exactly what they deserved. They got a painful loss that I believe eliminated them from playoff contention, which is perfect. Uh, you should not put on another man's clothes and wear them in front of him and try to beat his ass. And I'm glad that Tennessee lost. And I hope they lose in those jerseys forever. And I hope every fan that bought one in Tennessee spills ketchup and fucking red wine and everything all over it and ruins it. And they keep chasing that dream of having that jersey and being able to wear it. And every time they fucking wear it, it gets destroyed somehow. You can't do that. I... 
that jersey is not yours. It's just patently not yours. I, I just wonder it. how like Baltimore fans feel about watching the Colts play in their uniforms. Like they didn't change anything. They just up and moved, and yeah, we're gonna wear the same uniform <laughs> and everything. But now it's we're the, the Indianapolis Colts. We're not yeah. gonna change the name. We're just gonna change the, name of the city. It's bullshit. But it's I think it's worse in this scenario because Tennessee had changed their identity and is saying like, oh, let's go back and steal your look just this week. How about this week? <laughs> At least, you know, like when Cleveland left and went to Baltimore, you know, although I, if I was Baltimore, I'd be like, I don't want to be called the Browns. Like the Browns is, is it's an all right name for Cleveland. Anywhere else, it's a stupid name. You know, like, you know, there's so many, you know, the Ravens uniforms and names are just so much better than the Browns. So I can't really blame them. Like, nah, we'll, we'll change our name and logo and everything. Both the Raven. You can't do that. <laughs> what the Raven. Eat my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Why you little? Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to the next. What the buck? John, you have <laughs> more beef with the Kansas City Chiefs. What What did you dislike this week with them? Bro, it's not the Premier League. You cannot flop on national television and then have them cut to the reaction of your superstar girlfriend. I fuck Travis Kelsey, bro. Fuck Patrick Mahomes crying all week. And then you've got Kelsey throwing himself on the ground in the end zone. Like, oh my God, he touched me. Where's the flag? They are the softest team in the NFL. Softest. They are the softest team in the NFL. And that it should have been a flag. We should flag flopping like that before we become before we become major league soccer before we become the premier league that's just disgusting flopping for calls has got to stop and it needs to stop today and they should make they should they should kick him out of the league they should kick travis kelsey out of the league permanently they should bar him from participation for such, being such a flagrant pussy that's just that's my standing but think about his legacy and what that would do to it if they <laughs> kicked him out of the league and they another John, just like well, add to that, they the Chiefs got a huge makeup call from the refs in that game too, as if like it was an apology for what happened against the Bills. Did you see the interception get called back for New it, England on a defensive it, holding that the announcers were like, "What? Where's that defensive holding?" And I, I'm pretty sure that he's had a couple interceptions called off so far this this season as well, because he's having a terrible year. They are the worst team with a winning record in the nfl they are going to get slaughtered in their first playoff game it's going to be embarrassing uh yeah i mean they're not having the year they thought they'd have for for what they've been the last five years they are certainly looking uh not nearly as good this year and very beatable um but travis kelsey is by far not the only <laughs> offensive player or receiver to flop to get a flag i mean it happens all the time in this league um, well, but he's the one it is. I mean, he's the biggest profile. Mike, Mike kind of did it in the Green Bay game. He, I mean, this guy's 6'5. You really think this little cornerback's going to shove him off his route? No. I mean, he throws up the air, like, oh, crap, I'm held. You know, that's just a way of drawing a flag and keeping the chains moving. Does Mike Evans' mom have a goddamn podcast that they rep every game? No. Well, what the fuck does no. that got to do with anything? It has everything That's to do with it. Why does it have anything Bryce, to do everything. with it? <laughs> it has everything to do with it. You're, that flop you're... sells ads, Bryce. <laughs> right. They're going to – no, man, that's bullshit. And you 
when you're that guy and you're they're making you the face of the NFL and they're talking about how your girlfriend brought all these new eyes to the product of the NFL and she's raising the NFL standing and all this bullshit that they talk about and then you flop like that that's different everyone is watching you and that's inexcusable because you know there are people who are only watching that game because she's there because that's her boyfriend and that's the product that you're putting out to new fans of the NFL. Well, let me get to my what the fuck, because it has actually a little bit to do with Taylor Swift. Uh, it was announced by NBC that Al Michaels will not be uh, calling a playoff game. Um, and I don't know, John, you said it. his contract ended and stuff. I, I don't know what his contract details are, but... I heard from a report that they did not like that he was commenting on Taylor Swift um, and how the sideshow was becoming the show, to quote uh, the article. I got to say that's a what the fuck for me because they are making Taylor Swift and Travis Kelty quite the spectacle. Can't get away from it if you're watching football. Uh, so I think his comments are right. I think they're making the sideshow a little bit of the show. And I want football back. I don't want to see Taylor Swift at all the games. So uh, if the report is true, then I think that's a what the buck moment. Because Al Michaels, even if he's getting old, I love him calling games. I think he calls a great game. Al Michaels' contract did end with NBC last year. And he signed a three-year contract with Amazon Prime. There was a discussion with NBC at the end of that because Amazon Prime will not will obviously not be broadcasting uh, playoff games that Al Michaels, if picked by NBC, could go on to do those to call those games for NBC in the playoffs only. They well, the guy's been calling Super. He's Bowl a legend. I know since I've been born. Like what he called basketball. It's just a little salty in my opinion. It's like mm, you left us. Uh, fuck you. You don't get to do the playoffs anymore. Right. However, he did say notably that he was done working with NBC because they attempted to lowball him um, for calling games. They were only going to offer him a million dollars per game, which, by the way, these are rich white people problems. OK, so they were only going to pay him a million dollars a game to call the game. And Thursday night football came in and paid him eight million dollars. Um, so, I mean, it, it's a huge difference in swing. He went and took the money. Um, I think it's, I think we should eat him as a poor person because he makes a million dollars a Sunday calling a football game. I think that that's outrageous. Um, and, and well-aged fine meat there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's absolutely criminal. But outside of that, this idea that, but maybe there's probably a lot of truth to it. This idea that he didn't want Taylor Swift to be a spectacle. I could see that happening. Um, the NFL loves not being a sport they so badly want to be the wwe they want to be an entertainment first company that's why they love DraftKings. that's why they love sports betting that's why they love taylor swift this is all they want to be they do not want to be sports there's no money in sports there's money i was gonna in say that's an asset like baseball tries baseball wants people to know who mike trout is nobody knows who mike trout is the NFL has an Italian guy win two games for the Giants and everybody's walking around going like this. Like the, the NFL is unparalleled for that reason. Like they it's a huge every league wishes they could do what the NFL does, which is they can make a storyline appear like that and get national attention. 
it's why it's such an impressive league to me. One of the reasons why. All right, well, let's let's wrap up what the buck. Bryce, you there was a, an exciting game that could have gone uh, a different way had one player done his job. What do you have beef this week on what the buck? Yeah, this uh, this one goes out to Mr. Darnell Mooney. I was corrected. It's not Moody, although he's probably very moody this week after not catching what was going to be the game-winning Hail Mary from Justin Fields. Let me set the scene here. It's Browns, Bears. Bears have kind of shocked the Browns all game. Uh, we're leading by, I think, 10 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Joe Flacco leads his team, takes the lead. It's 20-17. to 17. Uh, There's five seconds left to go. Bears have the ball in midfield. Justin Fields rolls out, throws deep. There's nine guys standing in the end zone. It it goes into a crowd. It gets knocked down, and he perfectly gets knocked down right into the chest of Mr. Darnell Mooney, who shockingly was like, oh, my God, I'll be able to catch this. I'm going to be the hero. We're going to win the game for the Chicago Bears. I get to go home and be a Chicago hero. And all of this excitement must have gone in through his body because as he's all he has to do is just lie there and then hug the ball. But no, he does some crazy kick move with his legs to kick the ball out of his hands and into the hands of a Browns player. Goes down as an interception. Browns win the game. Bears lose the game. You got to feel for that kid, right? Uh, just a you know shocking bang bang play. But what what a difference of outcomes it, it became for him and that's probably what he's going to be known for for the rest of his career was oh that's the guy who uh lied on the ground and couldn't catch a ball it came directly to him so sorry mr mooney uh what the buck dude for as sloppy as that game was it was very exciting at the end um <laughs> but the browns squeak out another one unfortunately for mr mooney and company well that will wrap up our review of this week. Let's get into next week. And the Bucks have a meaningful game. It's the Battle of North Florida, where we face the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the Jags coming off kind of a slew of losses, um, losing a little bit of their position, but still atop the AFC South. The Bucks just a game under at 7-7. Seven and seven. So, guys, what are your takes on what the Bucks need to do this week when they face the Jags? Trevor Lawrence got a bad wheel. Get after his feet. Get after his knees and his feet. Somewhere Greg Williams is smiling. Yeah, what he said. No. <laughs> I mean, Tre Trevor Lawrence looked pretty bad against the Ravens. Like, that fumble where he just kind of, like, lost the ball, it, it, it was so bad. And then that, you know, when they were driving there the into the first half, and for some reason they don't spike the ball and he just throws it, you know, a, quick down and out that gets tackled in bounds and they have no timeouts left. And then I'm like, what, what were you thinking in both of those plays? But uh, I think the key to this game is do it again, play, do what you did against the Packers and we'll be able to beat any team really in the NFL. Now it's going to be hard, right? Those weeks just don't happen week to week to week to week. Um, especially with a team that's as inconsistent as the Bucks have been, but Although I say that, we have consistently won three games now, right? We're in a three-game win streak. Um, defense has played pretty good. Offense has put up some points when we needed them. Uh, Baker has stepped up. All these things are, are things that I, I want to continue to progress and continue to do 
as we end the season here, right? We have three games left, none bigger than probably these two at home. These are home games. Let's protect our house, right? We, we should be able to win these two plus in Carolina. And if we can do that, hey, we can do anything. Yeah, the Jags lost three in a row, I believe. So, I mean, there's, it is two teams really at opposite trajectories. And, you know, for the Jags, they're, I believe, you know, clinging on to their division lead with the, the Texans and Colts, like, nipping at their heels, right? Because uh, they just keep losing. And not having Christian Kirk is really hurting them. And I, I don't know his injury status, but if, if he's missing the game, that's a big windfall for our secondary because he's their their man beater and he really forces you to alter what you plan on doing defensively um, and, and allows Calvin Ridley to eat and Evan Ingram to eat. And if he's if he's out, that's huge for us. And yeah, Trevor Lawrence is clearly still dealing with that ankle. Uh, he doesn't look sharp, uh, although I don't know what that had to do with him dropping the ball and fumbling it on that play. But they're, I mean, they're on their way down, and I'm sure you know their message will be they need to snap out of it. So just, it's a team that kind of has to throw everything at every game now. They're playing desperate, I'm sure. So hopefully, uh, we can just keep our momentum moving forward. I don't expect Baker to throw four every week like Bryce said, but uh, I, I would take a couple and no turnovers. That's for sure. And ETN is a really talented player. Uh, he's very similar to Rashad White this year as, as far as like how they use him and his skill set. So that linebacking core has to be ready to watch him when he goes into the flats because they'll dump it to him. And defensively for the Jags, they, they got torched a little bit. I mean, Lamar's mobile, so that hurt them in this recent game. But in the weeks before, uh, they were definitely getting lit up. I mean, Browning looked like a stud against them. And I think on paper, Baker's better than Browning. So hopefully things just continue to go the way they're going. And the team is building an identity for themselves every week that they can take into a potential postseason run. Yeah. Yeah, not too much else to say, right? I think you both, all of you hit it on the nail. Other than, you know, obviously, Trevor Lawrence, don't do that. <laughs> no, 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 we we, hit it, we all hit it on the nail. First point, most certainly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah you want you want to see the Bucs um, just build, keep that momentum, you know. Um, keep doing what you did last week. And you know, this this game might come down to just matching that desperation level of the Jags. Like you said, they're going to be a desperate team. They've kind of put themselves into now having to deal with teams with the same record. Everybody's vying for a playoff spot. So now they're going to have to play like their lives depend on it. Um, so we're going to have to be... I mean, to that point, so do ours. They do, and that's. But I'm saying we're gonna have to match their desperation. I'm saying, you know, come out solid. But yeah, you can't. Sure. There's some something to be said about this team is that this team doesn't feel down and out early. They do still try to swing. Um, so that's something good that's come out of this team's mentality is that they're they never feel out of it. Um, but we can't get down too early. Just keep momentum, keep going, and and. 
keep clean Baker play. Good Baker is a Bucks win, I think. So if we can keep it up, uh, I like our chances. And the the fortunate thing is that if we do lose this game, it's like the most inconsequential game to lose. So, but winning is that much better. The the Jags have swept the NFC South, right? Thus far. Yes, they have. They, the yes, end. they are two and zero. They still have yet to play the Panthers. Well, I mean, I don't want to make assumptions, yeah. but that that feels inconsequential. Uh, okay, I mean that's good as well. I mean if. I don't know. Obviously, our easiest path is just win the last two games and or all three, but every tiebreaker we can add is, is good. Yep. So let's hope the Bucks just keep the momentum going and, and we come out and protect this house, get a win. But let's move on to now our fantasy predictions and our fantasy picks of the week. Let's first get a recap of our last week. So, Zach, what are these current standings and what happened last week with our picks? Sure. Let's get into it. So I would like to first congratulate everybody here. That is the uh, week 15 is the highest scoring week as a collective. As a group, we scored 174.98. That is nearly 10 points higher than our uh, prior weekly high. So good job all around. boys. All right, let's get into the actual details here. So John. His combination of Jake Browning and Baker Mayfield, pretty good combo. 49 points, brought him up to 427.86. Uh, in third place overall was Ryan, who had a Flacco-Rashad-White combo, get him 41.76 to take his season total to 487.36. Back in second place Man. is Bryce, who scored 34.22 on the backs of Matt Stafford and Mike Evans. And that takes his total to 517.9. And once again, your leader in the clubhouse after a 50 point week from Kyron Williams, who someone said who I think last week uh, and Chris Godwin, they each put up 25 totals 532.42. So as we head into the final three weeks, it's close at the top, only uh, about 15 points separating myself and Bryce. All right, man. Well, great week, everybody. Nice picks. Let's hope that we can recreate that this week. And if I'm reading this sheet right, I get to start us off with the Buccaneers pick. And with that starting, uh, I'm going to keep <laughs> striking the same iron because he keeps producing and he seems to have made his way into being a staple of our offensive structure. Uh, Mr. Rashad White is having a great year and he's looking to get a thousand yards rushing. So hopefully he can do that or go forward in doing that this week. I'll take Mr. Rashad White. Solid pick, solid pick. I'm torn. Um between two guys. Oh, this is big. This is big. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go with Baker Mayfield. I think he I think he keeps it rolling. All right. Um hmm. I'm gonna take Mike Evans. But Chris Chris, Chris is earning it. Godwin. Yeah. He 
he's finally coming out of the cellar, right? As like, I was I was thinking either Chris Godwin or Kate Otten. Uh, they give up a lot of ground to tight ends, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, but Godwin's feeling himself right now, and I think he's going to start finding the end zone. I think so. Godwin is now back to being Baker's blanket. So um, that's good. To John's point, that, Isaiah Likely was <laughs> eating for the Ravens against the Jags. He was catching everything. All right, and that puts me in the driver's seat for around the league, right? It does. does indeed. Michael Pittman Jr. He is in heavy concussion protocol right now because he was destroyed and murdered on the field. So pull that back. Like the guy who hit him is suspended for the rest of the season. That's how bad he was hit. <laughs> um uh what about yeah, I don't have my fucking glasses on. Jordan Addison. I like that pick. And so it would be me next, right? Um, I'm going to ride the hot hand off of last week and take James. God Cook. damn it. God fucking damn it. Yeah, right in his goddamn eye. Wait, am I still 100 points back? Yeah, you're wow. 105 or 104 and change. <laughs> I wanted to tell you, John, to take James Cook because I had a feeling you were going to take him. I'm like, damn it, I, I wanted him. Uh,. Shit. I guess let me go with Sam Laporta. Yeah, there's no way he hasn't been taken because I was going to take Laporta. Is he on there? There's no shot he's been taken. Yeah, he hasn't been taken. Uh, Kelsey, I think, is the only tight end that's been taken. Like, Hawk is still available. Well, I almost took Hawkinson this week. Big pick, bro. Sam Laporta. I was going to take Sam Laporta. You bitch. Uh, I'll take Ayuk. Ooh, I used off the board, I thought. No. Debo uh, is. I, I was between them, but I'm like, uh, so many weapons in San Francisco. They're playing the Ravens. I just, I don't know. All right. That does it for fantasy. Great picks, guys. Let's see if we can push that record next week. What are we looking at? 175 is what we're looking for. So what we'll is, see what? if we can get there. Oh, yeah. Total record. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an idiot. My bad. Well, Let's go to the last part of our uh, podcast here, our trivia section. John, did we have a winner for trivia? Uh, we actually did have a winner for last week. That is Liz Byron. Thank you guys very much for participating. Uh, this week's question is going to be, what former Jags running back won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2020? We'll go a little lighter this week, try to gather a little bit more engagement. Uh, so once again, what former Jags running back won a Super Bowl with the Bucks in 2020? Well, thanks, John. And guys, you can participate, as always, at BuckBrosTB on Instagram. Get your answers in for a chance to win the trivia prize of the week. We appreciate your participation, as always. That's going to wrap it up for us at the Buck Bros. We want to thank you guys for listening in, as you always do. And we want to wish you guys a happy holidays. Hope you guys spend time with your family and you guys enjoy another Bucks win. For us here at the Buck Bros, we're going to say, go Bucks. Go Bucks. Happy holidays, everybody. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Minus one. Slight favor. Wow. 
I do want to give a shout out to this guy in Brussels, Belgium, who has listened to every episode for three seasons. Thank you, homie. We see you. We recognize you. That is our third most listened to city in the world. Brussels, Belgium. This guy out here rocking every episode. Uh, I'm going to learn how to say something nice and whatever y'all speak in Belgium. I appreciate you listening.